my biggest piece of advice ever is just lift those people up who even give you the light of day. You know, like how can you help anyone you're around, clients, friends, family, like that's what our role is as humans. You know what I mean? Like to do that naturally. So uh, mixing that in with your business is so key. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your hosts, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Now, welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, where we talked about everything that's disrupting the industry and the individuals that's creating those ripples. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ricky Ray Butler. How are you doing, Ricky? I'm doing fantastic, Daryl. <laughs> doing good today? Yes. I'm Dude, we're, well. we're more consistent now. This is our second podcast of the year. How does that I feel? I know, I know. Like, everyone's so funny. It's like, people keep asking, like, so, you know that podcast that you used to do? I'm like, no, we're still doing it. We just don't make it the timing a priority. <laughs> but with new priority this year, which is exciting. Now, uh, we're just jumping right into it because we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of great things that are happening. Uh, why don't you introduce our guest today? Yes, today we are very honored to have Ben Haggerty. So Ben Haggerty is a, a rising star in the creative space. Um, he's a creator. He's also a creative director. He's worked with talent from like a Casey Neistat on YouTube to a Jay-Z and Beyonce, as well as has done a documentary um, for Chris Brown. I'm Ben. Welcome. Hey, guys. Yo, thanks for having me. That's, that's a solid intro. There you go. Ricky has one quality. He knows how to talk things up for very well. So <laughs> did he, well, did he just, do a good I, job? Did he do a good job? I, well, yes. And, and I'm proud of your guys' consistency for, for hit number two. So <laughs> there, let's do there, it. there we go. <laughs> and, and, and Ben, you know, we, we, um, it was this, the last year we did a collaboration together, um, um, doing that telegate video with the NFL and Madden. And um, I mean, everyone that worked with you on that was just so impressed with your creative direction and, and, and ability to just make that come to life. Oh, thank you. I, I don't know what to say to that. That's cool. It was such a fun project. And like the team worked so hard around the clock between our production team, you know, every all the agencies, every, EA, everyone that participated and even the talent like went above and beyond to make that thing come to life because it was a uh, for those who are listening who don't know, it was like this insane four and a half day turnaround project for the NFL and EA sports and uh, to make like an hour long pregame show for the NFL. And we were working literally around the clock. I didn't sleep for four and a half days straight. (laughs) And I'm dead serious about that. (laughs) And it it reflects, it reflects in the video. It goes, starts out really, really good, but come day four. (laughs) It was fun. No, I, 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 I love it. I love uh, these projects that you kind of uh, throw, get thrown on us. And you're like, okay, you only have a few days to get it together. Like, what are we going to do? And I think that's uh, the magic. I think when was when people are talking the magic of filmmaking or the magic of content creation, it's seeing people that are really experts at their craft coming together and, and just kind of helping each other out, get to that finish line. And um, I've seen it time and time again. Um, I mean, could you do a project like that without a team, you know, and how, how would that handicap you uh, if you had to do it all by yourself? No, <laughs> it literally would have been impossible to do it by myself. And I think that was a good thing to realize early on in my career is the, the need for a team and, de- and developing a team and a network. Um, because there's so many, you know, especially 
like my path. I came in as a one man band and, and had to like run that route for quite a while before I was able to develop an audience or, or, or a network of people that I could lean on or clients. Um, you know, I had to be the person that was shooting everything. I had to be the person that was producing it, coming up with the plans, the locations, the, uh, playing with my budget, you know, going and handling the long night of editing right after the shoot or whatever it may be and, and finishing that. And, and that was, that took a while, but once I was able to start, you know, delegating and, and, and handing things off to people that I trusted, you know, life just got better and projects could get bigger and, uh, you could do more of them, you know, at a repeatable pace, I guess. Uh, so team is so crucial. And so it, it, impossible to do that one for sure. It was almost impossible to do with our team. It was like so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's awesome. So a quick question. So you've been able to kind of evolve, you know, as a creative director or someone that's really pushing the envelope. Like, what was the first big step for you? I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are, you know, a one-man band. They're trying to take it to that next level. What was that for you? What was that first big step? I moved from Iowa to Los Angeles. So, you know, in the cornfield state, there ain't a lot going on in this industry. But, but, <laughs> so, but a lot of grit. Uh, yeah. And, and, and to me, it was... Uh, it was a great place for me to learn and to become obsessed with this industry and, and creating in general and had cameras and my homies and music and, and we were always making content there. And I, I eventually knew that it was important to make the step to like move to Los Angeles. And I don't, I don't know what it was, just random trips out here, the movies, whatever. You just knew that there was things happening here all the time and I wanted to be a part of it and contribute to it. Um, and so once I, I did make that move, I had, you know, I made an opportunity. I, I had a friend who let me sleep on his floor. I saved up a bunch of money for a couple months before I moved out, willing to lose it all. Uh, it was like the best casino run I could have ever made because, uh, you know, it, it could have went south real quick and it almost did. But uh, I, I just networked and I found the right people immediately. And that was the first thing that I got put on was the Chris Brown documentary. And so would that documentary have come? Would I have co-edited a documentary about one of the most controversial artists in the world? Uh, had I stayed in Iowa? Probably not. You know, it was about being in the room. It was about putting myself in those spaces and, and lifting those people up that I was working around. So definitely just moving like was the first step that really changed my life. No, I, I love that. And I think that's a really big thing. I know Ricky's really good at too, is a lot of people like they focus in on their craft and that is the essence of every living, breathing minute that they do is their craft. Right. And they miss the true opportunity, which is networking. And uh, I got to, I got to share something with Ricky because like a lot of people don't know this, but um, when he first started his business way back in the day, like he always made it to the parties. Like he always got into the A-list parties that were happening in the industry. And we're like, what the freak? How are you getting into these things? Ricky, how did you get into those things? Come on, come on, <laughs> disclose. Cause, cause Ricky, Ricky is amazing networker. Like by no, I mean, there's just no other way to explain that, but that was kind of key to his success. My name. For the entire, I mean, you know, I'm from a very, um, you know, I, I'm from the mountains of, of Utah, and and um, I've always saw my name being Ricky Ray Butler as like the biggest curse. I'm um, growing up around a lot of rednecks and cowboys. Um, there's a lot of jokes that you know happen with the name, and it just you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a long, funny sounding name. Um, you know, when it comes, at least in the countryside. But, um, 
as I got into entertainment, I realized that, you know, it was, I was doing what everyone, I mean, I had to name what everyone else was trying to create, which was very unique. And I would just literally go to parties, whether it was at, I first learned how to do this at the Sundance Film Festival. Being from Utah, that was like the only, you know, experience I could get into one of those types of parties, at least in like a pretty legendary one. And so, so I would go to, you know, the Sundance Film Festival and say, my name is Ricky Ray Butler. Um, Am I on the list? And, and that little statement, you know, not saying I was on the list or, you know, making convincing in any way, like got me into, you know, like one out of, you know, three parties. And and I did that in LA and New York. And that's where I started doing a lot of my early networking um, and and, and entertainment. And I I loved how you, Ben said, you know, it was, is, you know, the best casino run that you could have because you going from Iowa to Los Angeles, you're jumping into the rat race. Like for those that aren't from Los Angeles or have spent a lot of time in Los Angeles, you know, watching and listening to this podcast, every restaurant you go to, almost you know, a, a lot of people that work at that restaurant, whether it's you know a busser or um, it's a it's a valet, a valet person or a waiter, there's a good chance that they're in Los Angeles. Um, trying to you know make their dreams come true, and trying to make things happen, and and there's just so much competition here. But what's interesting is you know you 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 see these stories consistently where people come from a place that's extremely opposite from Los Angeles, but with that unique perspective, um, potentially impacts the stuff that you're able to create and to do it in a different, unique way from your unique experience that helps you stick out. So how that's how how true. was it? You know, going from the L.A., sleeping on the floor of your friend's apartment and, and, and then starting to, you know, make a living for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, that is so true. And it is crazy to be around. Honestly, that was one of my favorite parts about Uber when I because I, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car basically the entire time I was out here till the beginning of COVID this year. I would just drive Uber everywhere. And I would meet so many people that just were pushing and trying to get that next level. And this was just their means. Like, um, I, I even have creative friends that would ride, do dr- drive Uber. I'm like, Oh my God, you're so talented. Like, and you're out here driving Uber. Like, could you imagine if you linked up with, and, and they would do it for strategy. Like my friend, I had a friend that's a musician out here that would drive Uber just during like the Grammys to try to drive artists. Like he would literally just try to drive artists to network and, and put his name out there. And I think that, you know, finding your outlet, finding your way in, finding your way to, to, to kind of level up, like you said, um, is so crucial. And, and I think people need to think outside the box when it comes to that, because, uh, when you're here, people get complacent. And I think, um, that can give you, you the upper hand if you have the ability to like, just have constant drive and you're willing to go the extra mile. And I think that goes a long way here. Um, but for me, you know, it was just about finding my way to elevate, the people that were around me. And, uh, luckily I had a, a friend who dated a dude, that dude happened to be a music video director who was actually good, you know, from Iowa when someone's like, yeah, I'm dating a music video director. I'm like, oh, what? Like you just assume it's this garbage, like rap shit that we've been shooting in, in Iowa. Uh, but he was a real deal. He was doing, you know, Nicki Minaj, Chris Brown, like all these top, top artists for like the biggest music video production company at the time. And, 
um, she was dating him. And so we became friends through she, her being my best friend. And we're always on FaceTime and I'm meeting this dude and this dude's like, Oh cool. My girlfriend likes you. So I'm going to talk to you. And I would be like, yo, check out this drone video I just did in Iowa of like a, a fucking solar panel or some shit, like nothing cool, but like the shot was amazing. He was like, wow, that's really good. And, uh, you know, as I moved out here and built my relationship with him, not only did he bring me into like assistant, I was literally his assistant on the Chris Brown documentary. Um, I was getting him coffee. I was just sitting in and just amazed that I was in this room seeing this exclusive footage and helping kind of like chime in on the story build. And that's where I saw my opportunity. I was like, yo, what about this? What about this? And he, he leaned into it. He was like, yo, those are great ideas. And eventually that turned into me co-editing that film. And I think like over the next year and a half, it was about how can I elevate and continue to elevate my homie, Andrew Sandler, shout out to Andrew Sandler director, producer, dudes of machine. Um, I, how can I elevate his career? What can I do in this documentary to elevate you so that you win? Because if you win, there's more jobs to come. And I, I put that energy in every single day, not knowing that I was eventually going to get a co-editing credit. Um, I didn't even know if I'd get a credit in general. I didn't even care. I could give two shits. I didn't ask about money. I didn't ask about anything. I barely got paid on that film. It was, it was just because I was like this random person that just showed up every day. And they're like, we didn't plan for you in the budget. Who is this dude? And Andrew's like, I just need him around. Like, let's just keep this dude around. And, uh, and over that, you know, we started doing Chris Brown's music videos. Uh, we ended up doing um, Mary J. Blige's documentary because they saw what we were doing with Chris's documentary. So we did one about her. And like I said, you know, I, I put in the energy to lift him up. If he does well, more jobs come. I keep getting work. And that, and that turned true. And then eventually I had an opportunity to showcase my skill set creatively and people started to see it. And then I bridged out and then I built a network and then I connected with all the people on set. So I knew who to call when I had a job coming up or um, work with brands exclusively or reach out to people. Like I learned so much through that process, but it really was just, I mean, that's my biggest, my biggest piece of advice ever is just lift those people up who even give you the light of day, you know, like how can you help anyone you're around clients, friends, family, like that's what our role is as humans you know what i mean like to do that naturally so uh mixing that in with your business is so key so there's this something interesting about this um that really resonates with me um you know you talk about two different things here that i think are so important to be successful i i think in life but also especially in entertainment um there's people that are creatives or they come to you know LA and they just feel like they need to do it on their own, and and you know you know they they don't put the 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 effort to really connect with the other people or to network. And sometimes they think, okay, well I don't want people to get the wrong idea. That I'm trying to use them, etc. But the truth is, in Hollywood, in entertainment, I would even say in life, if 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 you want to get to the point where, um um. You, you are becoming very successful and you get a lot more opportunities. You have to network. Like there's just, there, I mean, there, there, there's no, you know, you just, you just have to, there's no way to avoid that. But I, I want to call what you just, you know, described as networking with loyalty. So, mm. so, you know, there's, like there's both having networking and then also having loyalty. And, and when you network with loyalty, you're empowering those that you're meeting with and helping them be successful at the same time as them helping you lift up and be successful. And so you mentioned, you know, coming, I mean, you know, meeting this, you know, director and producer and helping them win because if they continue to progress, they will bring you with them. And, and that's yeah. something you can also learn 
at working, whether it's at Walmart or if it's working in corporate America or, or if you're in construction, if you work with your supervisor or your manager or the director or, or your leadership and you help them win and, and you're a team player, you bring everything to the, to the table, you know, that is just something that is going to help you in life on, on, on collaborating and, and doing teamwork. But, you know, from, from your perspective, going out there, meeting with as many people as possible, and then, you know, jumping on and, and joining forces and then being loyal to their cause. I mean, that, that's something that's just, you know, invaluable and will always, you know, make it so more people want to work with you. Yeah, and I find it fascinating, too, because it's like, um, Ben, were you were you able to do this? I mean, just just by the basis of first networking and then bringing value and you you didn't expect anything out of return. You wanted that experience the experience of working with people, they, they can kind of see how loyal you are to them, but how hungry. And I think there's a lot of people that are hungry um, in the industry, but they think about themselves instead of the project or how to do a bigger strategic play um, to really be integrated. Because, you know, when you have success, regardless of where it's at, there's people that will take it. Hey, it was just me, just me, just me, you know, and I just did this whole thing, but yet they have thousands of people doing it. Right. Um, and then you have people that are like, no, it's like this team, like, yeah, you know, Ben helped out with the edit. So we're, we're going to give him a credit for co-editing. I mean, that right there says a lot for the person that you were working with because they, they saw the value. They wanted to make sure you had some cred. So that's where the credit came from, but it came back down to, uh, you doing your job of a, of a PA, right? Grabbing the coffee, getting there early, anticipating them. And then at, at, at the appropriate times, um, offering ideas and, you know, as a creative, uh, coming into it, there's people that just kind of, what about this? And they're like totally off brand and you don't ever want to listen to them, you know? And, and then there's people that actually are contributors and then you're like getting more out of them and more out of them before you know it, you know, it's your story, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, no, you're doing a video. That's, that's so true. And I, I think like also first and foremost for any creatives that are listening to this, like, Knowing my shit was the first step, like being really, really good, as good as I possibly could be in training myself and educating myself in film and photography and just being so understanding of my camera and my ability to create stories and wanting to tell stories. That was like the first step before even getting in and helping try to excel others. Like you can get in and just be like, hey, let me carry your heavy stuff. And you could do that all day long and everyone will be like, thank you. But um, if you can't add the value creatively, you, you'll never really see that growth. And I think a lot of people try to get into this right away without uh, spending that time developing that skills, those t you know, 10,000 hours and like really putting in that time. And I'm not saying I was a genius when I moved here, but I had a really good grounds to be able to create and at least wow people on, on the fly and on a budget. Like I was going in and, you know, by being this like, so imagine Chris's documentary, we worked on that for well over a year. That time, the, the co-editing credit didn't come until close to the end of the year, like being able to decide like, oh, Ben, this is who this guy was this whole time in the room. So I'm just this random person. And, and my wow factor was, oh, I have a drone and I'm really talented at flying my drone. And you guys don't know about drones out here yet, like unless you're paying a ton of money. So when we're on set for Chris Brown music video and I'm just like the behind the scenes guy or I'm just like not I'm, I don't even know if I had a role sometimes I'd just be there. I'd be like, hey, I have this drone. You guys want to get a shot of this? Whatever it is. It's 
get the sh- exterior shot of this building or him coming down the street, whatever. And they'd be like, yeah, can we do that? And I would do it and it would be in a Chris Brown music video. And so being able to have the skill set, the knowledge, and and then be able to apply that. And then you really, really learn because you're going to college. Like I, I graduated to college when I got here and I'm getting my master's and everything. And you start to learn the business. You start to learn um, how, how budgets are used and how teams are built, the legalities of shit. Like you really start to pick up on that. But um, just having a solid foundation and then being able to apply that plus caring about helping everyone else. And and like you said, no, no hopes of anything in return. That was like the biggest lesson I learned, like when I was actually in real college, uh, reading a book that had nothing to do with the school that I was at. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's awesome. So Daryl, you say bring value. Then you also say, you know, know your shit. I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a, that's a really good combo. And, and, and Daryl, I mean, I would have to say, you know, you know, you and um, Ben and, you know, have similar parallels in your careers. Um, Absolutely. W- w- one of the things with Daryl is, you know, he he runs a variety of YouTube channels um, um, that he keeps, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't talk about that much. He doesn't flaunt his stuff, but he has like over 20 million subscribers and, 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 and is doing really successful. But he is always working on a variety of projects from, you know, being a producer to Mr. Beast. Um, mm-hmm. He has to bring value if you're going to, you know, work with that legend. Um, to launching, you know, this last year, one of the most successful TV series that have been launched, you know, in, in, tw- I mean, in 2019 and 2020. Um, um, and, and, and Daryl, that, so that, I mean, I mean, maybe, you know, give some of your perspective as well on, on, you know, what you do to bring value to the equation. Because from my perspective, when we first started collaborating and becoming friends, I remember something that you would consistently say to new groups that you're working with is that, hey, you don't need to pay me. And, and this is after you've all like already created so much credibility. You'd go to the table and say, hey, I just love what you're doing. I want to learn more. You don't need to pay me. Let's just, let's just collaborate. That's what you do with the Harmons. I mean, and, and, and when we collaborate, you know, with the piano guys, uh, David Archuleta and Peter Hollins around that, you know, um, on Christmas video. Um, but, but that's something I've noticed. Can you like, you know, take us deeper into that process? Because your, your hands are everywhere and you're bringing so much value to so many people. Well, I get paid now, Ricky. I just wanted, let's just make that clear. <laughs> back then. But even, even back but even then, then, you got paid. The, yeah, the value sometimes that come in and just, you may have the extra time that day and be like, oh, I'm going to weigh in and help. I, I heard you on Clubhouse with Pat Flynn, I think, was it? The other yeah, yeah. Maybe you were. T- yep, so I was, was on me. Clubhouse and you were up there and I was listening to you guys and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. And you're just fishing gems to people. It's not like you were getting paid. I don't, I'm assuming you weren't getting paid. No, I don't I think that's built into that. Clubhouse yet. You know what I'm saying? But like that, that knowledge and those nuggets, the reason why we do this stuff, it's like this can go a long way for certain people and, and you never know how this turns into working relationships as well. You know what I mean? Just like learning about each other. Well, I think, I think where it all started though, Ricky, though, is, is honestly, it's like for me, me, um, when you find what you're passionate and what you love, then money isn't necessarily like, because I'm not motivated by money by no means. Yes, it's great and it's means to an end, but I'm more, uh, I'm more motivated by accomplishing things that, that get me to my end goal, you know? And, and like when you have that passion, I think that's the same with Ben here, you know, like he, he went all in, moved to, to LA. Like how many people's done that? A lot of people. The difference was it wasn't slowing down, looking for every opportunity to bring value. And I think that's where it is. And for me, it's, it's easy 
because I, I'm passionate about it, uh, about a lot of stuff that I want to uh, want to accomplish. Um, and I can put my expertise behind it, make that make that become a thing. And before you know it, that's one other thing that you've done that made an impact in this world. And so uh, I, I learned it's more about surrounding yourself by the right people that are motivated the same way that you're motivated. Like if, if I was surrounded by people that were toxic and ripping people down and just selfish looking at all that, um, that's what I would become. And so I'd rather find people that are trying to make a difference in the world in their own sphere. And if you really look at every project that I've done, it's people trying to make a difference in the world because I think if we're just here and we have influence, we should use that influence to make the world a better place, you know? And, 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 and for me, it's using entertainment and content uh, to counterbalance, you know, you know, people's depression or anxiety or, you know, just kind of the way they think at, at times, you know, there's a lot of challenges that we face. And so um, I, I do know this, though, is <clears throat> there, there becomes a point when you should get paid. And like I, I usually do what we call a toe in the water campaign where I do a toe in the water and I prove the value that I can bring. And then the next project will always be, there'll always be money attached to it always. And, um, and there's always new opportunities if you brought value, so much value into that relationship. And, and I like to make sure that I'm not wasting times because I don't want to, do a project with people that are different. Um, they, they have different ways of looking at things than I do. And I, I don't mean that in a, in a bad sense. I mean, if, if their objective is, Oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and it goes against my belief system. I, I don't want to be associated with that for a long period of time on a, on a super big project that we're kind of bound together in contract, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know. And I reading about you, Ben, I, I heard that, I mean, and you kind of validated a lot in this podcast too, is you're kind of the same way, just looking for your passion to be, you know, um, you know, to go to that next level. And, and, and you just did, uh, you know, some stuff with Beyonce and uh, I mean, there's some really cool projects that you've done. Um, and like, how have you used that to get to the next project and how has it opened up more doors? Yeah. And I love what you were just saying. It's so true. Um, it was well said. Don't even want to add anything to it. You just fucking nailed it on the head. Uh, it's very rare when that happens with Daryl, just so you know. <laughs> Come on, Daryl. <laughs> you need the DJ horn, man. Um, no, I mean, yeah, like, you know, I think that you you progress and you start to learn how to talk too. Like being able to understand the language and what people are looking for and how to make people feel extremely comfortable. Like from a brand side, when I started working with brands and artists, it's about comfortability and, and confidence. And, it, you know, it's one thing to just like lie and just go in there and, and not know what you're doing. And you could just talk it all you want, but then you fail at the end. But being able to be so confident in what you're creating and, and achieve that and, and prove that by the, the quality of the work, but also um, the, the quickness and the, you know, being able to be relatability and have all the knowledge on, on the inside of the content that you're creating, all that stuff comes into play. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, if I didn't come in confident with any of the artists I worked with, I don't think I would ever be brought back or I don't think I would have succeeded in those moments. I don't like the first time working with Beyonce was like, I didn't really know I was going there to work with her. I was just told to bring like docu style cameras and, and shoot. And that turned into me like having, you know, a year long run with her. Uh, but 
being able to go in there and then quickly think of how can I, you know, tell an interesting story here? What can I do to, 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 to make them want to have me come back? And I think it's just using all the skill sets and knowledge and the storytelling ability that I had, you know, built up over the last 10 plus years in this shit and, and try to apply that to that one day. And that turned into me, you know, getting to work with her on, on a massive Netflix film that won a Grammy for best music film and go to travel around the world with her and Jay-Z or, for the OTR2 tour in 2018. Um, lots of things come from that, but I, I think it is just putting pressure on, uh, on yourself and believing in yourself, like really believing in yourself to like take it to the next level or always complete this project better than, than you intended or, or just, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to chalk it up besides just like having belief in yourself. No, I love, I, I love that. I mean, I, you said two words that just like, like stuck out to me and I'm sorry. I, I, I'm like dissecting a lot of the things you're saying, but it's actually, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very profound. Um, being co- making people feel comfortable, being confident. I, I mean, that, that's something that's just really important to remember. Um, one thing where we have to be really careful as an organization um, is making sure that we have the right people, um, you know, as a part of our organization, working with either, you know, celebrities, thought leaders, producers, influencers, creators. And... And that's something that is a talent. Um, as you collaborate with different people, especially people that have influence and fame, you know, it can be very difficult to make them feel comfortable with a new face or you know, to feel confident in somebody new because there's a lot of people out there that want to either be a fanboy or fangirl and like do a selfie and, and um, act like they're awestruck. And even though that's flattering, it's not something that helps build friendship. And so... You know, as we get like new recruits and new people in our org, you know, we, we make it a policy that you do not do selfies. You do not, you know, discuss, you know, um, superficial things around people's fame, et cetera. You are there to work and to bring value. Um, um, is, is, is that something that you think more people should, you know, learn, um, you know, when um, interacting with people of the likes of like a Jay-Z, a Beyonce, Chris Brown or, or, or others? Yes. I mean, if I would have whipped out my phone and grabbed like a IG story of B and J the first time I saw them when they were like in their comfortable space, protect like that's the biggest no, no in in the world. And I I get it. Like you could be at a party or whatever. And there's like the opportunity to do that type of stuff and get like videos of whatever's happening. But like, to me, that's always the last thing I could ever care about. Like my first priority is making my client feel comfortable and, and that I'm trustworthy. That this content that I'm capturing, especially when it comes to documentaries, I've made four of them now. It's like if I were in the studio uh, in, in the Mary J. Blige documentary, she goes through a divorce during that film. And I'm with her like right after she finds out about all this shit that went down and she goes to the studio and she tries to write about it. And it's it's me in the booth with her singing and she's breaking down while she's singing this chorus that they just wrote. And if and it was the most moving moment of my life. And uh, to be in that room, A, to hear her sing that close is like really weird. You know what I mean? Like it's insane. But then to have just be like, man, that was crazy. I need to upload this to Instagram. Like I would have never been allowed. Like that would have gone with me for till the day I was dead. Like this is not a guy that you want to work with because he's leaking content and stuff. So it's always about like, yo, I understand social is a currency and there's times and place to fight for the ability to have that uh, sharing component of your job. But like, 
these people are the the gatekeepers to like what we do and we need to make them happy and we need to make sure that all this stuff is safe and that we can curate the content that they want to put out. It's their image, their likeness first. Because um, you never know, like that, look at paparazzi and the way they take content and they'll make someone look like, like, you know, oh, look, this person gained 30 pounds, blah, blah, blah. But really it was just like an odd shot of them like bending over it or something. And then that person's like humiliated. And it's like, you don't want to be that person that leaks some weird shit like that or, uh, you know, put someone in a weird position. So I do think it's all about just like making sure you're you're building the trust with your client and, and making sure that they're happy about that. You know? Yeah, I want to I want to talk about this because this is something I'm super passionate about. Um, because <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, there's so much focus in on these influencer celebrities, um, and and they have this this public persona that they're trying to do. And I, I know that there's so many times they just want normal conversations and they want normal friends and they want people to confide in, but their defenses are up because, you know, you never know. And um, so I have five kids and we, uh, you know, we got two rules in the house when we're dealing, you know, with, with my, with my work. Uh, the first rule is, you know, never, ever, ever ask if you can get a selfie. There's just no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And the second thing is just talk like they're normal, you know, and that that's the whole thing. And so, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, interacting with some very big names and people that everyone knows who they are. And what's cool about it is, you know, you, we might be in the backyard playing b-ball with them. And it's like, okay, we got that going on. You're here, like, there's not too many people. They might get a selfie, but they're not playing, you know, for two hours in the backyard with one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. You know, it's just like, you know, it's that. But what I love is when you do that, that's where the relationship really of trust really happens because they know that you can understand what they're going through or they can at least confide a little bit. And I know um, I, you know, I have a son that, you know, big, big creators DM him all the time, text him, Hey, what's up, man? When are you going to come hang out with us? You know, and this is just like independent. So they think that he's cool. It's, you know, they have a great relationship and, you know, he's spent a lot of time with some great people and learning from them. And that's what I want. I want him to go and learn from them, uh, you know, with their shield down that they can say, okay, you know, this is kind of the ways that you can see and navigate the industry. And so I think there's a lot to learn. And I think it does devalue quite a bit because as soon as I, I can guarantee you anyone, as soon as you pull that phone out and say, okay, can I do a selfie? You now took uh, from, hey, being someone that they could relate to as a, a, a peer or a friend uh, to a fan. And that's a big difference. And, and it might take a while to overcome that. It always drove me like it's insane to be in like public events and stuff. Like I get like when we play concerts, like especially with B&J on tour. Like you're playing concerts, everyone's there to see you and they're starstruck and all that shit so they want to get content. But when we would go to like events or random like award shows, it's just so interesting from a docu-style, like when I'm there just observing, to see how people try to get their moment with this person or how they use their moment. And like you said, being able to um, you take, take your phone out automatically changes their perception of who you are and what your intention is, where you could try to really build with someone where you'll see someone come up and just handshake and say, how are you, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then that's it. Or you see the person walk up and they wait, they wait in a weird way. They're just sitting there like leeches and waiting for that one moment to just fly in with their phone and be like, yeah. And they're not even looking at the person that they wanted to get the content with anymore. They're looking at the fucking phone. And I'm like, yo, what? Like, you just, out of the rare opportunity, this person's so famous, you had the chance to be in the same room with this person and you could have your elevator pitch or your, your 30 seconds to connect or whatever it is. And you didn't even look. 
you didn't look at them like that's so bizarre but i love that you know you especially with your family like being able to teach them that element because it is it is uh especially when i moved out here it was like i was in some cool shit like i was in some cool rooms i'm seeing some cool exclusive content and it was like big media and I I'm I can't post about it. I'm not going to share about. It. I could I didn't care. Like especially when I started working with Beyonce, it's like a no. You, no one's filming. You don't post anything on social media. When we started working at Coachella, we were rehearsing for months, and I just was disappeared on the internet. And I could I could not care. I, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't care about updating my people about what I'm doing today or blah, 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 blah to keep up with this social persona. I went off the grid. And then when I finally came back and was like, yo, we've, we made this thing. People were like blown away by it. And it makes sense because you, you know, you disappeared. But if I would have been caring about my social content, I wouldn't have been making the the film that we made for Coachella. I wouldn't have created and shot the film the right way. You know what I mean? I would have been distracted. So I do agree. It's a, it's an interesting topic, with, especially when you start working with these people that are just so well known, you know. I mean, I mean, as as you connect with them, and 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 if you make them feel comfortable and and and, and confident in you, I mean, they're going to be the ones that are going to suggest, you know, taking a picture, and 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 and, and, and not saying that should ever be the goal, but like that's just something that will naturally happen yeah. as a result of it. There's actually a, a funny story around this, you know, as, as you know, as I started off with the preaching of like no, 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 um, um, you know posting pictures and no um, making people feel like you're awestruck, etc. There, there's a, there's a fun experience where I had, where I was at this party a couple years ago. It was, it was at Drew Carey's house. And he was throwing this little like shindig. And there's this person that I kept like talking to. And we were like, I mean, I feel like I was like him and I were connecting and everything. And I thought it was so cool because, you know, you know, his name was Christ, but starting with a K and, and, and I, I kept calling him that name, and he always like I think tried to correct me like, oh, it's, it's Chris, and and then I'd keep forgetting. Well, I I, I, then, I then found out <laughs> that it was the bassist of Nirvana, <laughs> and I just I, I kept oh, calling wow. him the wrong name over and over again as as damn as, it <laughs> as we chatted. But like it was one of those times where you know he he asked if I wanted a picture and all this, and I was like, oh, for sure. But like it was it was it was just it was just it was just really funny because. Um, some, sometimes, you know, you know, I mean, you know, um, I, I actually think coming into this space and not being like way into pop culture has been something that's been very helpful. Now, I was a, and I am a huge fan of Nirvana, but I, I mean, even though I was like a huge fan and all the albums growing up and everything, um, I, 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 did, I didn't, I, for some reason, I just, I didn't recognize that, recognize that person. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm Chris um, in, in that setting. Um, but the, but the struggle that bass players go through. This is a struggle, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. But 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 to be honest, though, with that said, um, you know, if you're going to entertainment and the and the whole purpose, you know, is to meet famous people or to become famous or anything like that, I mean, you're 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 not. I mean, I don't I don't think that's good enough of a motive, or it brings enough value to the table to you know make it in this space. It's truly finding all the opportunities out there and areas where you can innovate and where you can bring values, you know, both you and um, um, Daryl have talked about where you can come in here. I mean, come in and, 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 you know, be a part of the content or creative community. But, well, uh, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest issue is um, and with the entertainment uh, industry. It's like, Hey, you could be famous by proximity. Like if you're close to those people, 
uh, and you you can validate it with either with a photo or a video, then you now become famous. And that's not necessarily the case uh, for my degree. And I, th I think that's a, a really big misstep because in your mind as a person, oh, I'm, I, I'm surrounded by all these people. It's like people that name drop 50 million different uh, celebrities or people that they're connected to. I'm like, I don't care about that. You know, I, and, and I think at the end of the day, it's like really uh, getting that value. Uh, like if you want to make a difference, regardless of where you're at, it's just bringing value to the situation that you're in. And sometimes it could just be, Hey, do you know what? Um, uh, and th this is what I've noticed, uh, that, that I'm pretty good at is you can see that one person, that creeper that is coming over or whatever, they're going to make a very awkward moment with someone that you love and trust. And, you know, it's there and you're, you could become a deflector, right? Um, and like that, that right there, it's like these awkward moments that happen every single time. And, um, yes, I understand the, the celebrity base, but that, that one act can actually lead to, um, a deeper friendship because they're like, Hey, they really do have my back. They, this guy was coming in because you could see the fear of God, like literally in their face. And, you know, you just kind of deflect it. And then it's like, Oh, okay. That's yeah. a awesome tactic. I've done that so many times with the artists we work with where you tell that someone's just coming in to do some leeching shit. And if you can like really deflect them and or ruin their photo somehow, oops, sorry. You know, like uh, it's, that's such a key move and, and would make whoever it is so appreciative because they know that you just save them from like having to, th that's the worst part of, I think for a celebrity at that size is like, they're constantly judged on their image to an extent. And, um, and they feel like they have to play the role. They have to be on, put the suit on when they go outside their home and, and be completely in. That's like the big thing is when you get into these rooms and they feel so comfortable to not have to think like that, that's when you're really winning. When you can make that person feel like they can have their guard all the way down. They know that you're not some person who's recording Donald Trump in your, with your phone in your pocket and you're catching the little the pussy thing in the van or the bus or doing some weird shit like that. Like they, they can trust you to let their guard down. That's like what these people are looking for. Um, I'd be curious about you guys too. Like I found one of my biggest tactics to getting clients to trust me or to like get clients in general, whether it's an artist to build a relationship or even to connect with other creators is like somehow when I'm in that first meet and greet conversation, I figure like if I was talking to the bass player Nirvana, I would try and find something I could tie to them that they would relate to so much uh, or a person that we may know somehow I'm able to like, I have the worst memory in the world. I have dysnomia is like, I was diagnosed with that in fifth grade, short term memory loss. I can't access things in my head sometimes very quickly. And somehow in those conversations, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm just like able to fire off. Oh, yo, we know blah, 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 blah. And it would be cool if you did this. And they're like, wow. And that always ends up turning into like this. Yeah, we're, we, we met each other. We're nice. And then I try to add some sort of value in that exchange of like, what if we did something like this? And like, wait, who are like uh, Hannibal? Just uh, we just had Hannibal in the NFL gig, and he just emailed me something randomly, and I'm just like, yo. Also, what if you did this on your YouTube channel? And he's like, oh, that's cool. And now we have a call later this week. But it wasn't the, the conversation didn't turn into like a let's keep talking thing. It was just like a hey, here's a file, and then it was like, yo, let's build a better relationship. So Hannibal Burris is like such an ill comedian, and now it's a quick exchange over email. Now we have a phone call booked, and it's like. By providing value, I've built so many relationships and 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 can keep building. I, I think there was like one party I was at. Um, it's crazy house party, Just Bieber's old crib in the hills or whatever, and I'm out there. And there's all these celebrities, and it was actually a really dope event. And we should all take like this is a cool idea for post post COVID. Uh, 
it, my there's like three different film director, a music producer, and an actor all told everyone it was their birthday, and they just rented a house to build like a networking party between all the different fields. So everyone showed up for these birthday parties, but it wasn't no one's birthday, and all these celebrities came together and like actors, directors, film people, and I was in this conversation with this dude for like 40 minutes because. We happen. I he sounded like he wasn't from here. I was like, "Where are you from?" He's Europe, and he's like, "Yeah." And then uh, he's like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Iowa." And he pulls up on his phone. And he's got pictures of him in Iowa, like really recently, in front of a college that I would go to all the time. And I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, you're from like I don't know London or whatever. How do you have these pictures? He's like, "Man, I love Iowa. My girlfriend's from there. She's a screenwriter." And and I was like, "Oh shit!" So we talked for 45 minutes about Iowa, and then how we got into filmmaking and stuff and then it turns out he like directed star wars and all these other things and it was just so such a casual conversation and i didn't leech when i learned that about him you know what i mean like i think that made our conversation so comfortable to build a relationship that way so i think by being able to just like connect dots however you can in the conversation to build like a longevity in that relationship immediately is so key oh for sure um ben what project like sticks out to you that you've worked on that was the most fulfilling um i don't know it's a good question because you want to go into say beyonce and jay like working with them or working with b on on home the homecoming documentary is like such a massive impactful film on on netflix and my work like i did like this you know steady cam operating for that film like during the concert and one of those clips is like the most clips most shared and viewed clip ever for Coachella, like, which is so crazy that I shot that. And, and just the hard work that went into that and to be able to work with an artist at her level is amazing. But honestly, I don't know. They're, they all have their, they all have their perks because each job is like a new step forward where I want to go. And I'm always so grateful for that. I'm always just so happy to have been a part of that or have slept on a floor and went and shot Mary J. Blige, Taylor Swift at Staples Center and think like, holy shit, I just shot this massive performance. I'm going to edit this video tonight and I'm back sleeping on an air mattress with like three holes in it. And it, you know, I mean, like there's nothing more fulfilling and gratifying than being able just to have been in that room and thinking where I was not too long ago in Iowa, dreaming about being able to participate in, in, and create for artists like that. And so, uh, I don't know. Each one of them just has it. You, I'm just always grateful for every project, you know? Well, Ben, thank you so much for, for joining us. As, um, we asked this question to everyone that comes on, but like, what are you the most excited about, whether it's a platform or type of content that's out there that's really disrupting uh, the industry? Yeah, I mean, YouTube is um, I love it. It's it's crazy. I'm not great on it. My, my ch it's like our channel is just a podcast for a long time, but now we're shifting to what we're going to create for for education. I have black black window cream is a is a creative collective that I started during all of this, and uh, this has like been my my gift to creatives like me back in Iowa. Uh, I, I created like a private community where everyone's coming together and they're networking and they're building relationships and finding jobs. And so I, I've been really passionate about developing education, and so YouTube is such a massive space for that to, to not only distribute, but to find great resources. And I, I mean, you know, you're working with Mr. Beast. Yeah, like you, this you don't have just, to preach to the choir. I mean, I, I yeah, love you, you already know. <laughs> you, you already know. So like just the way you, you can really, uh, you know, grow, find growth and audience is so key there. And, and I, it's such a great platform. So definitely if you're not using it, use it. And yeah, you guys are, you already know. Well, great, Ricky. So this is it. We've we've done it. We've we've been consistent twice this year. How does that feel? 
Well, hey, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. You know, um, you're someone that everyone I know that has worked closely with you has had like you know, such deep respect for you and, and, and feel like they've become friends with you really quickly. And so um, we really appreciate you making time and we'll have to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm excited to hear episode three, see that come out within one week after this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> see it keep on cracking off. We're, we're cracking something. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for watching or listening to this podcast. You can go ahead and follow or subscribe, whatever that is, wherever you're at. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast.